CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Startup Women podcast. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Addie Paz and Natasha Morano on our show today. Addie is the co-founder and CEO of OnTime, a social delivery network platform. Addie has more than 17 years of highly diverse business experience, spanning from highly technical roles all the way through to venture creation and funding. She has also had the privilege of working across different geographies from as far as China to North America. These days, Addie is looking for a technical co-founder and for pre-seed investment in her startup. Addie has a Bachelor of Science in Math and Computer Science and an Executive MBA. Some of her noteworthy roles include senior associate at Quantum China Israel Investment, as well as co-instructor in Israeli top-ranked MBA programs. Natasha Morano is the president of NHM Connect, an Ottawa-based consultancy company specializing in strategic partnerships and corporate and government relations. As former vice president of the Economic Club of Canada and having opened the first satellite chapter of the club in Ottawa, she has had the privilege of hosting some of the world's most notable influencers and thought leaders. Natasha has a passion for supporting causes that advance children's rights and the well-being of those underserved. Her philanthropy has been recognized by both publishing a chapter in Making It in Heels for Women of Philanthropy and Charity and being a Businesswoman of the Year Awards finalist in Ottawa. In 2019, she was selected by the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs to attend the first Canadian Women Leaders Mission to Israel and continues to have an interest in the MENA region. Welcome to the show, Addie and Natasha. Hi, Kalia. Nice, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. So despite being from different geographical backgrounds, you are both entrepreneurs and community connectors, and I can definitely attest to that from my perspective. So take us on your founder journeys. What inspired you to launch your businesses? Addie, let's kick things off with you. Okay. Uh, well, it's a good story uh, with a bumpy start and a happy end. Entrepreneurship was not the path, the path I, thought, I thought I'd take. Um, 
more than a year ago when I looked for my next challenge, I was quite sure I'll find myself in one of the many VCs based in Israel. Um, but it didn't went that well as I expected. Uh, my professional background didn't fit the VC position format. Mm. And I was having meeting with a lot of people and um, one day I went to an opening event of a new incubation program. I was uh, supposed to meet a few people there and among them was Gil. Gil is a partner in an international VC and I had hoped to catch a quick talk with him during the event um, and so I did. And um, it happens to be that at the end of the event, Gil's ride back home left the event without a notice and uh, I offered him a ride. And um, mm. during the one hour ride to the train station, I shared my thought with him about my next goal. And, and then Gil said, you should start your own venture. You should be, uh, you'll be a great CEO, uh, better than many of the CEO I know. And it was a high compliment specifically coming from someone that, you know, examines CEOs on a daily basis and and is highly appreciated in the VC's uh, ecosystem. Mm. But, uh, you know, it was a great compliment. I didn't thought that I'll do something with it. But two weeks later, there was a big conference in Israel through the whole week. And I encounter uh, Gil again in that conference. And more than that, Gil invites me to the fund's uh, VIP event as, as well as made sure that I will be invited to the conference, you know, invite only events and everything that. And I counted Gil three or four times during that week. And every time <laughs> I saw him, he said, you should be CEO. And and more than that, Gil's uh, managing partner came to the conference and he introduced me to them and said she should be entrepreneurship in resident in our VC. And so it was a whole week he kept saying that. And and uh, and it was there was a moment that I thought, like, really, like maybe I should. And and thinking about it actually totally makes sense because after having, you know, having a tech background and a managerial experience and more than eight years of incubating and financing, funding other ventures. So, so it totally makes sense to start my own venture and be CEO, but mm-hmm. it just didn't cross my mind at the time. And having Gil being uh, very persistent and clear and loud about it. And I started thinking about it and believing in the idea. It's like, yeah, why not? And, and, you know, it's like, I've made a long journey before I become a CEO, but I just needed someone externally is like a visitor of a moment in my life in this case Gil to say uh you know you 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 need to be CEO so that was the start of my entrepreneurship journey and I'm very grateful for him to him for for doing that Hmm, I love that Addy what a great story Natasha over to you what inspired you to launch your business Thank you so much. And that is a fantastic story. Thank you, Addy, for for sharing that. Um, Well, for me, I think, quite frankly, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit running through my veins, shall we say. Um, But it was fully realized during my tenure with the Economic Club of Canada when I was serving as the vice president. And it took a life-changing event um, to really sort of make me recalibrate. After my mom was diagnosed with cancer, Uh, and being her caregiver during her cancer and stem cell ordeal, I realized that I am going to be the master of my own destiny. 
life is way, way, way too short and I need to be in the driver's seat. So shortly thereafter, I left the economic club and I started what is now known as NHM Connect, which is based on the power of partnerships and relationships. So similar to the relationship that, you know, Addie fostered, um, it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing when you can develop deep partnerships and relationships uh, across the ecosystem. And, you know, talk is cheap in Ottawa and I'm proud of the relationships that I've developed over the years and having hosted heads of state, uh, C-suite executives, members from the diplomatic community, which we're going to talk about in a little while, uh, I was privy to some heavy-hitting conversations at the head table and made some long-lasting friendships with those that I hosted. And I realized there's a way to monetize this. So call this the entrepreneurial spirit that sort of peaked within me. Um, And that is what really made me build my company. So, you know, I have a unique ability to be able to connect people to organizations uh, and other executives that they wouldn't otherwise think they have a common denominator with. And because I have a reputation in Ottawa and I'm well respected in the in the ecosystem, people take my connections and, you know, my phone calls quite seriously. And, you know, it's it's to me, it's it's really sort of focused in on around the fact that I don't just talk the talk, but I walk the walk. And I'm really I'm, I'm very proud of that that mentality. And I think that's what sort of has set me apart from other, you know, PR and consulting firms in Ottawa. So that's a little bit of a background on how NHM Connect uh, was born. Amazing. I love it. And I can definitely attest to that uh, connector role that you have played um, within the Startup Canada community and beyond. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's dive in, obviously, to the international component of this conversation. You are both business owners that have extensive connections to international entrepreneur support networks, specifically in terms of women's entrepreneurship. how did that happen? And how did that passion for women entrepreneurs really arise? Addy, let's kick it off with you. Well, I've always worked in international company and it was it always surprised me how people are quite similar, even mm. though they come from different nationalities and background. It was quite reasonable that when I look for supportive entrepreneurship ne- network, I, I also look for them internationally because I believe that women entrepreneurs confront the same challenges no matter where they are. And no, I've been in two seminars of women in innovation at KTN, which is a UK-based innovation network. Fleek is another organization. I think it's international, but Canadian-based mm-hmm. of women, you know, women founder community. And you just hear the same stories, uh, you know, same challenges the same need to believe in yourself, the step-by-step journey towards your goal. And it's no matter, like women have the same difficulty and the ability to share their story and is a great supportive tool to reduce the stress that comes with with this journey. And you just don't feel alone. And, you know, um, when someone experiences the same thing as you are, so yeah, I think women supportive network, no matter where they are, they are great. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, quite a lot in Israel. Like I part- I'm part of a women in mobility network, which has a great women uh, in the mobility area. So, yeah, I think I think women network are great no matter where they are. Mm. Sing it, Addie. I could not agree more. <laughs> Natasha, <laughs> where did your um, you know support for women's entrepreneurship uh, and where did that passion come for you? 
Yeah. So a few years ago, uh, I was asked to attend the first women leadership delegation to Israel. Mm. And uh, this was a pivotal moment for me. I was exposed to women from Canada and Israel and uh, was able to see the entrepreneurship landscape really from a different lens. And it opened up new possibilities for me. I was in complete awe of the innovation and advancements in Israel, not to mention the new friendships that uh, were born on that trip. And little did I know that the current role that I have with Startup Canada uh, currently was the beginning, um, was sort of taking shape in that in that event and was in large part because of that event. So the former co-founder of Startup Canada um, was also selected to participate in this mission. And although we knew each other from Ottawa, uh, the trip solidified our interest in, uh, in collaborating down the road. So flash forward to just before the pandemic began, uh, when I assumed the role of Director in Corporate Affairs uh, at Startup Canada, uh, I instantly immersed myself in all things Startup Women programming. And as you know, Kayla, that was the last in-person event mm-hmm. that uh, Startup Canada was able to do, that incredible reception. Um, also, having been exposed to the MasterCard Index uh, for women entrepreneurs uh, and being totally enthralled in the findings, I knew that I wanted to do something to showcase the advancements of women internationally. And Kayla, as you know, Startup Canada has a fantastic relationship with the diplomatic community. And it was because of this that uh, you know we were able to partner with the Embassy of Israel and launch our project, uh, which led us to Addy, who we can now call a dear friend of ours. Mm-hmm. So you know, ultimately, being a woman entrepreneur you know, in feeling the impact of the pandemic, uh, I feel compelled to create programs and, you know, curate experiences for other women domestically and internationally to come together and co-create solutions to remedy the effects of not just the pandemic, but quite frankly, the unequal landscape that, uh, that we work within. Mm. And so, Natasha, I'll, I'll definitely pull on that thread of the MasterCard Index and jump into our next question, uh, that in 2020, within that MasterCard Index of women entrepreneurs in that report, Israel and Canada both ranked within the top 10 of best countries to be a woman entrepreneur. Israel's number one, Canada is number seven. And this is quite a feat. Uh, based on your experience, Addie, let's kick things off with you within uh, these ecosystems. Mm-hmm. What makes Israel such a great country for women entrepreneurs? And what is that secret sauce that, um, you know, really provides the support for women founders um, that they need to thrive? I think that Israel is, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurship ecosystem is, is a great entrepreneurship ecosystem, not just for women, but there's some governmental support for women. And I think because the the all ecosystem is, is you know, y- you can find so many women entrepreneurs here, so so there's many, it's really easy to connect with other women entrepreneurs. But mm. but I think that, you know, I, I think that maybe I'll, I'll, you know, specifically mention something that I think government and maybe specifically the Israel government should do to encourage women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship that doesn't happen today. Mm. Because I talk to a lot of women and I hear a lot of stories. Um, I didn't plan that, but women comes for my advice a lot of time. And and I think women need uh, two important things in order to thrive. A, you know, they need a mentor to hold their hand and say, yes, you can. And they need a support, a, a backup for their, if they are mothers, yes, for, for their motherhood and home care. Mm-hmm. And I think that once, once I they know that everything is okay with their kids in the house, so they're free to do other things that they're good at. Uh, 
So they just need other backup that is not the, not their spouse. And a lot of time it's because a lot of time it's difficult to change the status quo within the family. So going to practical tools that what what women need, I I believe they need a mentoring and I need they need the financial support. But I think that even though today there's some financial support for women entrepreneur, I think it needs to be much earlier in their journey of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Because today, the in order to get, uh, you know, supported financing for, for your idea, you need to have a solid idea and a business plan. But sometimes it takes, it takes a year to get to a good idea. And in order to be fully committed to that, to the journey and there, uh, and ease the struggle for women of uh, work-life balance, they need the someone to facilitate the platform and and support women, maybe not based on the idea, but based on their background and capability, mm. capabilities and give them the support needed to just work on brilliant ideas. Mm. I love that, Addy. Yeah, just a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> Natasha, your thoughts on, um, you know, looking at your experience in both ecosystems and so many of these incredible conversations we've been having uh, between Canadian women entrepreneurs and Israeli women entrepreneurs, many of these challenges bridge both, uh, you know, borders. We see a lot of common challenges. What other components are missing from, you know, our ecosystem potentially to help women founders thrive? Yeah, picking up on uh, the excellent points that that Addie made, I think it is really looking at the practical tools. And two of those practical tools um, would certainly be mentorship and advisory support, um, as well as flexible funding. Uh, you know, in the in the uh, the final report from phase one of the project that we completed um, with the Embassy of Israel, uh, there's about four or five recommendations, which I encourage all of our listeners to go to go check out. But one of those was un- untethered grants um, and flexible funding. So, uh, you know, a woman entrepreneur can use this funding, whether it be for her business, whether it be to put food on the table. Um, you know, there should be some a little more flexibility in around um, looking at various f- funding models that work in other countries and just simply. Simplifying the process. I mean, look, we are all so incredibly busy. We don't have time to be searching government grants, to be searching different programs Mm -hmm. that are available. So organizations like Startup Canada um, that can consolidate all of that information and just simplify the process so women entrepreneurs can realize their dreams and continue to innovate and do what they do. uh, It's a game changer. Mm. Mm. Sing Mm -hmm. it, Natasha. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm behind you on that. Yeah, flexible funding. That's the wording. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. So, Addie, I want to pose a specific question over to you uh, that, you know, we know Israel and Canada are both countries with very large immigrant populations. Um, And from your experience, how does this element really impact the entrepreneurial ecosystem, specifically from the perspective of women founders? Walk us through that experience from the Israeli perspective. Sure. So maybe I'll start with a story. Um, Mm, Please do. Uh, yeah, sure. So I was born in Israel as well as my mother, but my grandmother uh, immigrated to Israel from Iran when she was uh, 13. She got uh, to Israel from Iran with my grandfather's family, which she didn't know closely. She didn't even speak the same dialect as they did. Wow. Uh, they just brought her with them as a future bride for their son. Um my grandparents got married uh, when my grandmother was 14 and she had my mother when she was 15. Wow. 
So 70 years ago, uh, young age motherhood was occasional among new immigrants coming from Africa and uh, Middle East countries to Israel. My grandmother came without her family. She didn't know the language and no one asked her what she wanted. Uh, she didn't see her parents for more than 20 years till she was a grandmother, till I was born. But my grandmother, who raised me like a second mother, uh, God bless her, through her difficult life, always care about her children and her children's education. And my mother always speaks about how she took her to private lessons when they basically lived in a tent in a Mabara. Mabara is a observation camps established in Israel in the 50s. Uh, you can Google it. It's a M-A-A-B-A-R-A. So the value of family first and first and kids education carry on from my grandmother to my mother. They both had difficult lives and they sacrificed everything for their kids, uh, not to mention their career. And mm. and I believe that kids, uh, family and kids education first are not just the value in, in my family, but but many first and second generation of immigrant family puts uh, high efforts in the kids' education, believing that education will elevate the next generation in the ladder of wealth. So I believe that female founders coming from immigrants' families face, you know, they face the same family career conflict like any other female founders, but they're struggling with another barrier, which is the the extended family expectation that they will be the centric, uh, well you know, well-grounded work that binds the family and take care of the kids. So they're struggling with a very strong conflict of values. So the value of family and taking care of the children and the passion to follow their professional dreams. And and I had the same struggle, still have. Um, it wasn't easy to overcome this barrier and break the family heritage and fully invest and follow my dreams. And and this extreme situation was actually the drive to to on time to my venture. Uh, mm. The need to deal with the pressure and mitigate the extreme conflict was was the stimulation of a creative solution. And I just you know I just took the lemons and made a lemonade. Mm. Um, I wanted to solve the problem of juggling between home and kids and my highly you know home and kids and my highly intensive career and. I wanted to make the juggling easier, uh, you know, the errands, the kids' responsibility, the place you need to drive them to. And and I did that by understanding that my needs and my errands are quite similar to those of other women in my community. Mm-hmm. So, like, why not harness the power of community for women to women support? And, and I hope that every woman that will use the service will have a bit, just a little bit more time to herself. And I have to reduce the stress that involved with this endless juggling between work and home because I know how it is. Like, like, hey, I experienced the same situation. Because women are struggling to do both and it's an endless endless race. Uh, society expects women uh, and women expect themselves to, to excel in both. And uh, I'm not saying we can't. Like, every woman needs to find the right way for herself to do that. But if... If I mean, if I and meaning on time can also help, so 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 I've done my good to the world, and and maybe I'll end with a story. It's a funny story. A few days ago, I went to work, and when I came close to my car, I saw 
something written in uh, finger writing on my uh, dirty car window. <laughs> and when I come closer, I saw that one of my kids wrote <laughs> on the on the glass, uh, "Mom, you rock." And it was, you know, it was my middle son. He, it was even funnier because he wrote it with spelling mistake. And, um, <laughs> and, and, but it, you know, it just made my heart feel, feel with joy. And I, you know, you just, you, uh, you just feel so proud that the kids appreciate what you're doing. Amazing, Addie. I, you covered so much ground in, in that response that I think will really resonate with audiences in Israel and in Canada. You know, um, we see so many similar challenges in both, both spaces, being working moms, uh, you know, entrepreneurs navigating additional yeah. pressures. Um, there's yeah. so much going on that I think it is, um, you know, an equalizer to, to your point of harnessing the power of community. That is something that we can do do um, across mm-hmm. the world and something that we're trying to do, you know, one ecosystem at a time. Incredible, Addie. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Natasha, over to you for, for a slightly shifted question. As someone who is deeply connected to Canada's governance and policy space, I know this is what makes your heart sing, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, including national convening and thought leadership programs, like Startup Canada's Startup Gov program. How can women entrepreneurs use these platforms and networks to drive real change and impact from your perspective? Thank you so much for the question. I think, you know, to, to answer this in a, in a concrete way, um, first out of the gate, what I would like to say is that women entrepreneurs, every single entrepreneur need to have the confidence to know that their voice matters. That is so, I mean, it's, it's a philosophical reply, I realize, but, and, it, and it's so complex, but truly every yeah. single voice matters. And that's something that I think when we are balancing so many different responsibilities to Addie's point, balancing core values of family mixed with professionalism in the, in the business community, um, sometimes we just get, we get off track and we don't realize that our voice actually does matter. So it's it's daunting entering into the GR landscape um, and you know knowing how to communicate effectively with government. But through programs such as uh, Startup Gov, we've created opportunities really um, you know for entrepreneurs to be able to engage with government in various ways. So again, it's boiling down to providing entrepreneurs with choice and flexibility to engage what makes in a way that makes them feel comfortable. So we've used this program uh, to create and curate connections. As you know, I love connections, Uh, education, (laughs) training, consultations, and then during Small Business Week, a series of high profile events uh, addressing some of the topics that we have been engaged in and discussing really, quite frankly, over the last, what, 19 months since the pandemic reared its ugly head. So, you know, as cheesy as the hashtag is, we really are all in this together. And I can assure you that so long as I have the opportunity to have the free will to act as an advocate for women, for entrepreneurs, for those less fortunate, and of course, small business owners, I won't stop. I'll continue to think of new innovative, innovative ways uh, for all entrepreneurs to know that their, um, their voice matters. I love that, Natasha. Um, as uh, as female leaders as well, I would love to get a sense of both of your pieces of advice or things that you've learned um, or heard over your entrepreneurial journey or just your lifetime. Addie, do you have any pieces of advice that you want to share with our audience that has really helped you get uh, to where you are today outside of you rock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll share, I'll share two, um, Great. which I... Um, believe in. Uh, I think the first one is just lead with empathy. You know, at the mm-hmm. end, it's all about people, and it's about people that believe 
in a mutual goal and like working together. And it always surprised me how people follow you when you are very honest about your uh, difficulties and modest about your success. Mm. So I think that's the first one. Um, and the second one is be structured about your goal, your uh, near and distance future goals. Have its structures uh, well-defined and have someone mentoring you to make sure that you are in line with your goals. Mm. I love I that. I do both. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I heard a great quote on that note um, from Glennon Doyle that structure liberates, that if you have enough structure around things and you don't need to constantly be, you know, building that structure in the day to day, you can be liberated yeah. to do some of your best work. So I think that that definitely resonates with me um, and I'm sure with many of our listeners. Thanks for that, Addy. Natasha, over to you for some tips <laughs> or piece of advice. A similar, similar ingredients for sure. Um, you know, being the best version of yourself, you know, we know the person next to you will have, everyone has a story, right? And so the best version of yourself doesn't necessarily match up with the best version of the person beside you. So having the confidence to know that you're striving every day, uh, to be the best version of yourself that coupled with critical thinking, you know, and Addie mentioned the impact, uh, and the relationship that she has with her, her grandmother. And similarly, my grandfather, he's no longer with us, but I called him my philosopher King and he taught me the importance of critical thinking. So I think instilling that critical thinking and all of the, the different work that, um, we do as, as women is, is vital. And then similar to Addie, of course, leading with empathy, um, that's so incredibly important. And it sets such a great message for the younger generation that are looking to become entrepreneurs that are looking to take that first step of entering into that entrepreneurship journey. If you can show, um, that leading with empathy will get you to where you want to be, you don't have to be cruel to be kind. Um, I think that's so important. And, um, Finding a mentor or an advisor or someone that you can trust in the ecosystem that you can share your concerns with and know that, you know, it's free, free from judgment. I, I love all of those pieces of advice uh, and I think is also a very interesting perspective when we look at globalization, how international the world is and that these yeah. pieces of advice cross borders to my point mm -hmm. earlier that, you know, we all need these similar types of approaches with empathy and even, you know, bridging various cultural divides. We still need to show up as human beings and that specifically in entrepreneurship, when you are constantly putting yourself in vulnerable positions, putting everything on the line, um, if we can show up really vulnerably and authentically, I think there's some really incredible magic that can happen in that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. Cool. Addie, any final takeaways um, that you want women entrepreneurs listening to today's episode to implement into their business immediately? Any final piece of advice? I think it's the, you know, I have on my wall a the statement say, you know, just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't think too much. You'll be <laughs> fine. Just do it. Mm-hmm. A Nike swoosh. I love it. Natasha, yeah. over to you. <laughs> um, just, you know, picking up on what I what I said before, uh, finding like-minded connections in the ecosystem. Trust me, there's lots to be had. Uh, we're not meant to be on this entrepreneurship journey alone. Um, and be vulnerable enough to admit your faults and, and find those mentors or advisors or whoever they may be um, to help you grow into the best the best possible version of yourself. 
Amazing. Let's end on that, Natasha. That sounds great. Thank you so much to you both for joining us on the Startup Women podcast. It has been incredible getting to know you, Addy, over the last couple of months um, through our partnership with the Embassy of Israel. We can't wait to see uh, you hopefully in person one day and continue these, yeah. these really important conversations as we support women founders. Thank you, Kyla. Amazing. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Startup Canada is thrilled to announce the relaunch of our previously coined Startup Day on the Hill, now called Startup Gov. Purpose, driving real impact and change for entrepreneurs within the public sphere. How to follow along? Startupcan.ca. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.